Welcome to the Tarleton BSM Podcast. We are starting our new 402 series called Spring Fling, Who, What, and Why of Dating. We hope you enjoy this message from our director, Clayton Bullion. So we're jumping into the dating series, and, and let's be honest, this is going to require a great deal of humility on all of our parts. Uh, we're going to have to be okay with laughing at ourselves uh, a little bit and not being upset when we cry, because um, let's face it, dating is the thing um, that that changes everything. You know, those of you that's like, man, I failed my chem test, but man, she replied back. Um, man, things are not going well, but he liked my status. Man, that that we finally talked, that first date, there's those moments where we just talked about all the worst dates and it just kind of ruined our night, but we haven't talked about all the great dates that have just kind of sent our hearts soaring and it's just, oh, it's wonderful, it's Netflix and chill. And then like three weeks later, it's like Netflix and Bluebell, you know? Um, and so we're gonna kind of approach this and just kind of be open-handed. So if you feel like you need to laugh at yourself or laugh at your roommate, they're not around probably so you can get away with it. Um, but if you just need to cry about how stupid you've been or stupid someone else has been, it's okay too. Um, so kind of hop into dating. I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I, um, I didn't start following Jesus until I was 18. Um, so spring break of my high school year, uh, senior year of my high school um, career, I started following Jesus. And from the time I was 18 till I married Bethany, I only dated three girls. Okay. Before I was 18, um, I had a really sordid past. I'll just kind of put it that way. Um, and there's just kind of lots of things going on there. Um, but then Bethany and I started dating in college. Um, and so we started dating freshman year, January, my freshman year in college. And it was love at first sight and blah, 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 blah. And then I broke up with her to chase after freshman girls. That's right. Boys are dumb. That's just kind of the theme. Girls, boys are dumb. And then we dated again. We got back together my sophomore year and I talked her into it. And then I tried to break up with her again and she told me no. And I was on the on-campus apartment somewhere in Texan Village and I was just crying. I was like, I think we need to break up. And she said, no, because you're going to come back in four months and I'm not going to be here. So let's just go ahead and stick it out. And we got married and we have four kids. So it, 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 it's working. Um, so that was, that's my story. Bethany's story is Bethany grew up in a home where she loved Jesus, she followed Jesus, and she made some decisions very early on that she was asking the Lord to protect her heart and have only date one boy, and that was going to be the person that she married. Um, and that was me. And then I broke up with her. And then we got back together. So I'm, I'm my wife's first and second boyfriend. So I, I have those medals at home, they're hanging on my wall. Um, but it, it's completely different. Um, Bethany never dated when we started dating, and I was damaged goods when we started dating. And you may be here, and you may be somewhere on that spectrum as well. You may be here and saying, I, I've never dated anybody. Um, boys are icky. I don't know how to do this. Um, you may be here date and say, I've dated a little bit, but I just, I'm getting nervous around girls. I'm not sure what to do. Um, maybe you've had that one relationship. And just maybe it was awful. Um, maybe it went south and, and you got too physical and you're having a hard time forgiving yourself or he or she was abusive and it was just it just went bad and you're carrying around some scars from it. Um, and maybe it wasn't a really bad relationship. It just y'all broke up and it, she ripped your heart out. Um, man, if you're here and you're coming in with baggage, man, I understand. 
Um, and we can compare scars um, for sure. And, and maybe you're here and this is completely new to you. And that's okay. You can, you can talk to my wife. Um, but the truth is, is that whether you're here and, and you don't have really a experience dating, um, or you're here and you've messed up big time over and over and over. This is going to apply to all of us. This is going to apply to all of us. Um, and so I've been tasked tonight with what is, what is dating? What is this going to look like? Um, and so a couple things you need to know. There's no such thing as biblical dating. There's no such thing as biblical dating. Um, for those of you who are like, I'm going to do it just like the Bible does it. Like, I'm going to do biblical dating just like the Bible. Um, here's, the, here's the problem. Um, dating didn't really kind of show up till the 1930s. Okay? Culturally, it just wasn't a thing before that. It was called courting or betrothment or calling. And the parents and, and everybody kind of had a decision. Um, so if you want to do it like they did it in the Bible, here's some examples. Um, you could do like Isaac, and you could have your dad send his servant to a well, and the first woman to drink, offer you water, and your camels, that's the one. Just take her. Or you could do it like Jacob and go to work for a guy for seven years to marry his daughter, end up marrying the wrong daughter. I don't know what that wedding was like, but he totally missed it. And then work another seven years to get the daughter you wanted. Or you could say, no, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, you could do like David. You could kill a giant and get the king's daughter as a reward, which is weird because that's not the daughter he really liked. So later on, in order to get the daughter he really liked, he had to bring his dad or bring her dad 200 foreskins. And I'm just going to let you think through what that is. All right, we'll just leave that one on the table. Um, and then lastly, or you could be like Adam. The bro falls asleep and wake up, wakes up and there's a naked woman next to him. And he sings to her. I mean, how, how interesting is this? The truth is that, that dating really isn't in the Bible because it's a modern concept that our culture has created. But really in the Bible, the family and there's all sorts of people involved in the process of couples figuring out if they needed to be married. Which kind of brings us to our big idea tonight is that dating really isn't a relationship status. Dating is not a relationship status. It's an evaluation process. I know that Facebook says that it's a relationship status, but biblically it's not a status. Dating is the process of evaluating someone if they are, would be a good husband or a wife. And so we're going to be in the Bible. We're going to look at several verses. We're going to be all over it tonight. Um, and so if you grew up in a church culture and you're a Bible drill kid um, and you're like, I think I can keep up with them, great. Um, if not, don't worry about it. We're going to toss the, the verses up on the screen. But your Bible's divided into two parts if you're new to us or the Bible. Old Testament and the New Testament. The Old Testament is the story of God working with this people called Israel, um, making promises and prophecies about how he's going to make things right between God and man because man rebelled against him. Um, and all of their working, hard work and good work wasn't enough because of their rebellion. And so God was going to bridge that gap. And that's where the New Testament comes in with the story of Jesus. His death on the cross for our sins, his resurrection from the dead, and kind of the birth of the early church. And so we're going to look at letters from the early church tonight. We're going to look at some of uh, the Proverbs, which are essentially King Solomon's Twitter feed. 
Um, and then we're going to look at some wisdom from some lovers in the Song of Solomon. So, here we go. First thing you need to think through is that don't pursue a relationship until you're ready to be married. Don't pursue a relationship until you're ready to be married. And here's why. Are you in, are you in a season where marriage is, is probable? Like, some of you guys are, are upperclassmen. You're like, yeah, marriage, I, I think I'm in a spot where in a couple years I'd be ready to get married. Some of you guys are like, I'm ready to get married right now. Uh, that, that's, not, that's, that's not about your wants. It's, no, no, let's just, that's another story. We'll unpack that in a couple weeks. I'll let Luke unpack that one. But it's more of the idea of, are you in a spot where you're like, I think I, think I can move forward and I'm in a spot where I could be married? Um, so the hashtag for next week is dating in six words. Okay, I just, sent, I just tweeted that, what I think dating is in college in six words. I asked Noah, my oldest son, my eighth grader, I said, hey, Noah, what's dating in six words to you? And this is unprovoked. He goes, dating in six words. It doesn't matter until after graduation, is what he said. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, that it doesn't matter until after high school. I'm not ready to get married. And I thought, this is the mo- I've done something right. <laughs> this is the moment. But the truth is, are you in a spot where getting married's even feasible? Like you're freshman, you're super excited, like this is the girl, we're gonna get married in a year. Uh, probably not. And so maybe you need to think through, am I in a season where marriage could be on the horizon, just in the chronological stage of my life? Are you dealing with addictions and these personal struggles? Man, don't, don't strap someone in the seat next to you on this roller coaster. That's crazy town. Don't do that. Well, you may be saying, yeah, but this person's the one, and I'm not ready, but man, they're the one. Well, I guess think about this. Is, is, Almighty, is Almighty God going to bring you the right person at the wrong time and go, dang it, I, I knew I should have waited a year. Think about this. If God really is sovereign and he knows what's best for you, then he brings the right person at the right time. Yeah, but, but I can fix them. Or they can fix me. Like, I'm broken and they're broken. Let's be, let's be broken together. That, when has that ever worked? When has that ever worked? I can fix them. Guys, you're not dating them to be their savior. You're dating to see if they're a suitor. Don't, don't try to fix them. You can't. Jesus is the one who saves them. You're not the one who does that. Girls, you're not dating him to be his mom. If he treats you like his mom and you've got to take care of him, dump him. That's right. I just told her to dump you. Maybe it is our fault if y'all break up. But think about it. You're not dating him to be his mom. You're, you're trying to figure out if he's a suitable mate. Think about this. Here's some true facts. Here's some true facts about dating. One, you will marry someone you date. Okay? Probably. Which means that if you look up and the person you're dating, you're like, I would never want this person to help raise my kids or get a mortgage with, then you don't need to be dating that person. Because the truth is, eventually, someone you marry, someone you date is going to be, someone you marry is going to be one of the people you date. And sometimes people just get on this conveyor belt of like, well, we're dating and we've dated for a couple years and so we probably need to get married and I guess when you have kids. 
And the truth is, they should have hopped off the crazy train years ago. Every single person you date will break up with you, except for one. Unless you're Bethany. But think about it. Every single relationship you get in is going to end, except for the one that you're standing at the altar with. So why are we so super stoked to jump into these things? It may be wise for us not to date until we're ready to get married. We're in a position where we think, I can see myself moving forward in that. All right, so here's, let's put some Bible on that, Clayton. Let's talk about this. Okay, Song of Solomon 8.4 says this, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Promise me, women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until the time is right. Promise me, O women of Tarleton, not to awaken love until the time is right. Don't pour gas on a fire if you can't let it burn. Don't get full steam ahead if you're going to have to slam on the brakes. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart because it determines the course of your life. Guys, I'm going to sound like the old man here for a second. Um, But I've been walking this campus for 10 years. And every single year, I sit down with a guy or a girl, sometimes both, and they are not right for each other. But what happened is they opened up their heart and they said, I'm just going to start loving this person. And we've already talked about, I've met his parents and and he's met my parents. and, And we're talking about the future and like we've already picked out kid names and maybe not that far every time. But it's like, I just don't know if we could break up because our lives are so intertwined. Guard your heart because it determines the direction of your life. How many times have you stayed in a relationship too long because you didn't guard your heart and it's already open and exposed? Girls, you're thinking, oh, I wonder what our kids will look like. And he's across the table thinking, uh, did I bring my wallet? Is she going to have to pay for this? Guys, when you start saying, I love you, and you're talking about engagement and marriage, it does something to your soul, and it opens your heart up and sets the direction of your relationship before it's time. Okay, so the question is, all right, so if, if I need to, to really consider before I jump into dating, then, then how should I date? What's the how? What's, practically, what does this look like? Well, 1 Timothy 5.2 says this. 1 Timothy 5 says this, Treat younger men as brothers. He's talking to Timothy. Timothy, treat older women women as mothers and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. See, according according to the Bible, there are two kinds of Christians for us who are the opposite sex. You have sisters and you have wife. You have brothers and you have husband. So how do you treat sisters and brothers? With absolute purity. How do you treat husband or wife? Song of Solomon, Ephesians 4. I'll let you look those up. I'll just, I want to keep this thing PG, okay? But it talks about there's this mutual submission and there's this oneness. There's this oneness physically. There's this oneness mentally and emotionally and spiritually. So I want you to think about this. 
and I'm just I'm gonna talk to the guys and girls this applies to you uh, but just kind of revert but guys think about think about how you would date a sister would you take your sister out to eat would you talk to your sister would you be nice to your sister would you serve your sister would you lead your sister on would you flirt with her without intent would you picture her naked would you put her in compromising situations would you use her to fill a need girls the same thing goes with your brother and see, the interesting thing is, is that oftentimes when we start a relationship, it's, we think of a, kind of a timeline. We start this relationship, and then there's a point where we get married. And the understanding is, according to Scripture, according to the Bible, that there are some things that you only get to do when you're married. There's this oneness physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually that happens in marriage. And what we sometimes get in the mindset of is, okay, we're dating right now. And so the longer we go on this timeline, the more access I have to this person. Well, we've been dating six months, so we get to kiss. And that's conservative. Or we've dated a little longer, so I have access to part of their body. That I wouldn't have here, but I, I put in the time, and we're headed that direction, and so we have access. And the truth of the matter is, is this isn't like a dimmer switch. This is an on and off switch. It's the question, are you married or are you not married? Is she sister or is she wife? Is he brother or is he husband? So you ask the question, well, if, if, what do I do physically in dating then? Like, what, what's allowed? Well, I think the line here is, what's sexual? I think your sexuality, sexuality is the plumb line on this. Can, can you hold someone's hand and it not be sexual? Yeah. Can you kiss someone and it not be sexual? Yeah. So when this thing wraps up, I'm going to go home and, and hopefully the buddies and my other kids are staying up late. Um, and so I'll make it home to put them to bed. And every night I put them to bed and I pray for them. And I tell them I'm grateful that they let me be their dad. Um, and I kiss them on top of the heads. It's a sign of affection. And it's not sexual. And so in this, this dating timeline, the question is, when it becomes sexual is when it becomes sin. Until the marriage point. And guys, and this is just going to get awkward, okay? But we're just all here separated by the internet. Guys, you know when it's sexual. You know. You, you have some built-in wiring that tells you that. Don't make it sexual Proverbs 6 says this can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned can a man carry fire next to his chest and his clothes not be burned so often our dating relationships the physical aspects of that is we are gung-ho let's walk the line and see what we can do and we're just holding this burning passion close to our chest and we wonder why we are broken and 
bruised and beaten after our relationships. And guys, if you've done this, you know. You know. And you may look, and, and, and you may be here, and your story looks a lot like mine. And you're thinking, man, I've messed up a lot of places. And I want you, I want you to know that it's redeemable. I want you to know that it's redeemable. See, because the truth of the matter is, is that God redeemed all the things in my past. But he didn't redeem the things in my past till he redeemed me first. And you may be cruising into a cruising into this tonight thinking, man, I've got truckloads of baggage. Emotional baggage, physical baggage, relational baggage from all the decisions I've made that have gone wrong. I want you to know that there's freedom from that. There's freedom from that. In John chapter 4, Jesus comes to a woman and she, they begin to have a conversation about what does living water look like? What does it look like to never be thirsty again? And Jesus said, hey, you have got this really sordid past. Yeah, you've had quite a few husbands, a lot of broken family, broken relationships. And the guy you're living with and sleeping with right now is not even your husband. And he calls out her baggage. And he says, if you will come to me, you'll get living water and it'll spring up out of your life. And the truth is, is that you've jumped from relationship to relationship to relationship because you've been thirsty for something. And you keep jumping to relationship and relationship because you're not finding it. And you may be a Christian here and you may be trying to find a relationship and that's the thing that you're thirsting for. Guess what? Find that relationship, find that relationship, find that relationship. You're always going to be thirsty because it's not that relationship that makes you satisfied. Because Jesus says, believing in me gives you living water that satisfies. But in order for all this to be redeemed, he has to redeem you first, which means that you have to place all this at his feet and say, Jesus, I need you to satisfy me. I'm putting my faith in you. I'm putting my trust in you. Because you're the only one who can satisfy. You're is the only relationship that's going to fulfill my my deepest joys, my deepest needs. You're the only one who takes my anxieties. You're the one that can take all that and redeem that and make that new. And guys, I want to if you're coming from and, and this is where you're at tonight. Guys, I want to encourage you. There is hope that is found in Jesus. I am living proof of that. There's so many amongst us that are watching tonight that are living proof that God redeems this. What the enemy has meant for evil, God has taken and used for good. And if you're here tonight, please, please know that we are praying for you, that we love you. And no matter where you came from, that doesn't change how we view you. And maybe you're here tonight and you want to know more about this Jesus who gives living water. You want to know more about the God who loves us in spite of our brokenness. I want to encourage you, if you, if you could direct message us, if you're on Facebook, and go ahead and just do that. If you go to tarletonbsm.com slash connection um, or connect, there's a place for you to fill out just some basic information, a way that we can pray for you and just kind of tell us what God's doing in your life so we can get in contact with you. 
Um, let, us, let us be a part of introducing you and helping you walk with Jesus. And you may be here and you're like, I, I, I'm trying to live this way and, and dating is, I'm, I'm trying to do this thing right. Guys, I want to encourage you, dating, you want to date for a good legacy, not a good time. See, dating is taking the long view. It's taking the long view of evaluation because it's not a relationship status, it's an evaluation process. So you take the long view of evaluation, not the short view of entertainment. I'm not dating because I'm lonely. I'm dating because I think this is a possibility for marriage. I'm not dating because I just need a physical relationship. I'm not dating so I feel whole. No, I'm dating out of my satisfaction because Jesus has satisfied me. And so I'm seeing if this person is marriage material. Don't buy into the lie. Don't buy into the lie that you are somebody if you have somebody with you and you're a nobody if you're alone. Because that doesn't, that doesn't square with the gospel. Because it's Jesus who makes us enough. Not some relationship just for the sake of short-term value. Appreciate you guys. Let me pray for us, and uh, we'll move on to what's next. Thank you for listening to the Tarleton BSM podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe. To keep up with everything Tarleton BSM, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tarleton BSM. See you next time.